You are listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect. Praise the Lord. I'm going to talk for a while this morning about the peace that Jesus gives. I'm starting off with John chapter 14, verses 25 to 27. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you, give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You have heard me say to you, I am going away and coming back to you. If you love me, you would rejoice because I said, I'm going to my father, for my father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it comes that when it does come to pass, you may believe. Father, just bless your word to our hearts today. Let us hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. In Jesus' name, amen. The only peace that this world can know is shallow and unfulfilling. Most people's pursuit of peace is only an attempt to get away from problems. That is why people seek peace through alcohol and drugs and such things as that. The fact is, apart from God, there's no real peace in this world. We will never experience world peace until the Prince of Peace comes. But God has a peace that you and I can know today. He has a peace that everybody is seeking and few people find. First of all, I want to look at the peace that Jesus gives. Jesus says, peace I leave with you. He's the source of peace, real peace. Not as the world gives. Sometimes the world talks of peace, but it cannot give the peace that Jesus offers. He says, my peace I give you. He's the giver of peace. It has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with your surroundings, your circumstances. 
His peace is different from the world's definition of peace. Paul says it's a peace that passes understanding. Anything that God has to offer is way beyond anything that you and I can fully comprehend. The disciples were about to face the ultimate emotional deflation in their lives. Jesus would soon be arrested and crucified, and they would be left on their own for the first time. That is, they would not have the physical presence of Jesus with them. That is why it is so important that they would understand that he was going to send a comforter so that Jesus could be with them all of the time, wherever they were, in every situation. Jesus would soon be arrested and crucified. They have depended upon Jesus now for three years, a little over three years. They needed to know that following Jesus was not in vain. They needed to know when they left their fishing boats, left everything behind to follow him, that it wasn't just a fad, it just wasn't just a, something that was blowing through, that the Father had everything in control, everything is going according to God's plan. And I want you to know that if you will put your faith and your trust in God, he's got a plan for you, and that plan will be fulfilled as long as you are willing to trust him. Verse 29 shows us that he was building faith in them for the coming storm. He said, and verse, 14, or verse 29, rather, of 14, he says, and now I have told you before it comes that when it does come to pass, you may believe. This was his purpose just before his crucifixion. I want you to have unshakable faith in the plans and the purposes of God. I want you to have my peace, the kind of peace that I have with the Father. And This is not peace like the world gives. In verse 26 and 27, he says, But the counselor of the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said. And let me say here that when you open your Bible and when you begin to read your Bible, that is God speaking to you. You cannot get clearer understanding than what God says through his word. And so, when you read your Bible, God is speaking to us. It's a letter for his children. And Holy Spirit will remind you of what you have read. You may read it and say, I don't remember what I read. Just as quick as that. You read a chapter, and after you close the book, I don't really remember what I read. But the promise is that the Holy Spirit 
will teach you what the Lord has spoken in his word, and he'll bring it to your remembrance when you need it. So you don't have to have 66 books all memorized in your mind and you know it all. If you are faithful in listening to what God is saying through his words, when you need it, it'll come back to you. It is stronger and more accurate than the best computer they have on the market today. Amen? Do not let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. God has got you covered. He's got everything under control. Trust him. In other words, our peace will make no sense to the world. And nothing and nobody will be able to take it from us. I want us to consider the peace that Jesus gives in two headings today. First of all, peace with God. Therefore, uh, Romans chapter 5 verse 15 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. No matter how deep you have gone in sin, no matter how far down you have gone, when you find it in your heart to believe that the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses you from all sin, you will be justified in God's sight. And this peace that God has will be yours. That is peace with God. We were enemies of God until we asked Christ to come into our lives, until we accepted the price that Jesus paid upon the cross to bring us back to God. We were separated from him. The sacrifice on the cross brought us together. Now we're at peace with God. This means that his peace has nothing to do with, with what, you, what we do or don't do. It is based upon what Jesus did, and we are the beneficiaries. All we have to do is accept it. The enemy that stood in the way of our fellowship with God is defeated. He don't have any power over me anymore. The only power he has is in the lie. And if I will believe his lie, then I'm in trouble. But he's a liar, the Bible says, and the father of liars. But the word of God is truth. I choose to Trust in the truth. Peace is the result of victory, and this victory is ours through our faith in Jesus Christ. 1 John 5 and 4 says, Whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. What do you believe? Do you believe that the Bible is the infallible word of God? That from cover to cover, it is what God desired that we would know in order to live a practical Christian life. 
That's the kind of faith that overcomes this world. It does not say our works are the victory, but our faith. And so your belief system is very important. And it is very important that you base your belief system upon what God's word says. And don't fall into the trap of listening to what man says and not checking it out with what the word says. We've always got to go back to the word. Our peace with God came because Jesus sacrificed his life on the cross for us. God took the step, the first step, of reconciliation by giving his only son. 1st, 2nd Corinthians 5, 21 says, For he made him who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Can you just imagine, have you ever stopped and thought and and meditated upon this verse, what that means? For a holy God, who knew no sin, to become sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. We respond in confessing our sins and repentance. That's when we experience peace with God. No one can be at peace with God without believing in Jesus Christ. The Bible flatly states, There is no peace, says the Lord, to the wicked. When you accept Jesus as your Savior, you have a change, a classification from sinner to saint. Isn't that something? Nobody can confer that upon me. It has been decreed by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. No man comes to the Father, he said, but by me. And even in religious circles, we find people failing to refer to Jesus. They'll talk about God, they'll talk about the Almighty, they'll talk about the higher power. But Jesus is taboo. But he's the one that saved my soul. He's the one that went to the cross. He's the one that paid it all so that I could go free. I am redeemed, the Bible says, not with corruptible things like silver and gold, but by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. That's what makes the difference in me from what I was, what I used to be, into what I am today. But I have to trust in this price that Jesus paid on the cross for me from now to the day that I die. It's the only way. And so that leads us to the peace of God. Because of the sacrifice that Jesus made, made, I have peace with God. I am at peace with God. Now, the peace of God. Well, I got a, a, a pet scripture verse that I love and I read and I quote so often. I bet if you went back in my, my notes... 
for the last year or for the last 16 years that I've been here, uh, you would find over and over again this scripture, Philippians 4, chapter, six, uh, chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. That's the peace of God. The biblical concept of peace does not focus on the absence of trouble. Biblical peace is unrelated to circumstances. You may be in the midst of great trial and still have biblical peace. Your heart could be breaking and you still know the peace of God that passes all understanding. You may be to your wit's end as to how this problem is going to be solved, but the peace of God can be strong in your heart regardless of the situation. Paul said that he could be content in any circumstance, and he demonstrated that peace even in the jail in Philippi. There, the Bible tells us he sang songs and remained confident that God was gracious to him. And then the opportunity arose. He, com he, he com communicated God's goodness to the Philippian jailer and, brought, and, and the jailer brought him out of prison and, and, and he brought Paul to his family and his whole household, the Bible says, received the Lord. You see, he was confident that even though he was in chains, just the same, he was going to praise God. That didn't affect his faith in God. That didn't affect his relationship with God. This was something that man was doing unto him, influenced by the devil, but he knew greater power is in Jesus Christ. And so rather than moan and complain and say, why me? He began to praise God in a difficult situation. And God said, that's the kind of man I want. That's the kind of man I can use to reach this jailer and his family. Amen? This kind of peace enables believers to remain calm in circumstances. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you, not as the world gives do I give you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be fearful. There is a difference between peace with God and peace of God. When we accept Jesus Christ as Lord, we begin to enjoy peace with God. However, the peace of God is, a con is conditional to the life choices after salvation. One of the most, most important choices you can make after you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior is to get into that word and find out what God says about every situation in your life. Because I'm going to tell you, you can... 
After you have given your heart to the Lord, you can still go on in your own way. You can still do things your way. You can still ignore the word. You can ignore prayer. You can ignore your responsibility as a born-again believer. But you're not going to prosper in that kind of an attitude. What you need is the Word of God. You need to saturate yourself with the Word of God. You need to know what the Word of God says. And then you need to do it. The promise is sure. It is not the peace of God that is the problem. Most likely it's our believing it. And then resting in it. It is up to us to receive this peace of God and to take him at his word. I know for myself many times, I will come into this church or I'll meet someone somewhere and one of the first things they'll ask, how are you doing? And one of the first things that just comes natural to me, everything is great, I'm doing great. And, and sometimes I get a check in my spirit and say, well, you know, you're not doing so great. Remember, oh yeah, but I, I don't choose to dwell on those things. I know the promises of God and I choose to trust in the Lord. And so after I take it to the Lord, it's between the Lord then, it's up to the Lord. I can't do a thing about it by worrying about it. I can't make it better by, by getting down and getting discouraged over it. It only just makes matters worse. It, it affects my body. It affects my emotions. It puts me into depression if I allow that to happen. So I'd rather to keep my eyes on Jesus, to believe the word, even though I don't understand it. Lord, I don't know how you're going to do this, but I'm believing you anyway. And I've kept myself out of a lot of trouble. I've got a, I, my natural way is to do things right away. That's me. You know, I get an idea in my head, let's do it. But the Holy Spirit is always putting a check in my life and saying, you just hold back here, you wait, let the Holy Spirit guide you. You just look for, wait. Ask for counsel. Ask someone else what they think of this. Get, get everybody's idea on it before you do it. I don't always do that. And when I don't do that, I pay the price. I pay the price. I cause myself unnecessary hardship, unnecessary uh, sleepless nights because I go my own way. If I could only live another 76 years, maybe I would get it. <laughs> I often think, you know, isn't it, isn't it terrible that just when you feel that you're really beginning to get it, it's over? <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's so, so important to get into the word right away. Paul seems to indicate that we have to participate in the process. He wrote in Colossians chapter 3.15, Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let us dig into this a little deeper here. Don't be anxious. Don't worry about anything. 
but pray about everything. That's, that is just, it's very simple, isn't it? Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. If you pray about everything, you probably won't worry about much. Amen? We come to God in prayer for a variety of reasons. Sometimes to confess our sin, ask for forgiveness, to thank him for his blessings. And supplication is basically as asking with an honest, humble heart. Hebrews chapter, uh, in the, uh, the Hebrew Greek words often translate supplication in the Bible to literally mean a request or a petition. In James chapter 5, uh, 60, uh, 16 to 18, says, Confess your trespasses one to another, pray for one another, that you may be healed. The effect of fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. The Psalms are filled with supplications for mercy, for direction, deliverance and from the enemy, and so on. And Jesus teaches us not to give up praying for what we need. He said in Luke chapter 18, verses 1 to 8, men ought always to pray and not lose heart. In Matthew 7, uh, verse 7, he said, and it will, it ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened unto you. And so if he said that, he means it. It's not just put in there just for, to fill in space. It means that if you and I will continuously keep coming before God, we will get our answer. If you're not sure of what the will of God for you in a, is for you in your, in your life or in a specific situation, do not hesitate to ask him, Lord, your will be done. Don't hesitate. You know, ask him that he would reveal his will to you. His will is in his word. Do you know that? His will is in his word. It's either there in plain written out just exactly what you're talking about, or it's there in principle. And so you, you can't go wrong if you, if you look into his word. And I, I, listen, I make no apology for saying over and over and over and over again, and I'll say it the next time I preach and the next time I preach and the next time I preach, how important the Word of God is. If you never, never remember anything that I've ever said since I've been here or since you've been in this church, one thing you surely will remember, and that it is important to get into the Word of God and know what the Word of God says to you for yourself. Jesus teaches us not to give up. Don't give up praying. May not always to pray and not lose heart. When we have done this, we can expect God to do what he has promised. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. Peace is not a product of circumstances, as I said before. It is a product of God. It is not earned or worked for. It is a gift and the fruit of the Spirit. When you don't need to be in control of your life, give full control to God. You don't need to be in control. 
We always think that that is so important. I need to be in control of my life. God needs to be in control of my life. Amen? We suffer from stress and depression and anxiety because we want control. We want to manage our own problems. Give everything over to God. And you will soon find the real peace of God. There's a poem I came across and it goes like this. The Robin and the Sparrow. Said the robin to the sparrow, I should really like to know why these anxious human beings rush around and worry so. Said the sparrow to the robin, Friend, I think it, that it must be that they have no heavenly father such as cares for you and me. I have a father. He knows my name. He knows everything that concerns me. And anything that I'm concerned about, he's concerned about. Amen? So musicians, I'm concluding. Thought I never would, but there you go. I fooled you again. The peace of God has its foundation in peace with God. It's impossible to experience the peace of God that passes all understanding if you're not at peace with God. And there is only one way to receive peace with God. You must be born again. When the Bible says must, it means must. No options, no other options. You must be born again. That means you must receive Jesus as your own personal Savior. The Bible tells us there's no other way. God has no plan B. Just one plan. Jesus is that plan. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. It doesn't matter what the world says. It doesn't matter what popular opinion says. What do the Bible say? John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. The way to Jesus is very simple. Just believe. Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? And that he died for your sins? Romans 3, 23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Do you agree with God's word that you're a sinner? The Bible says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's everyone. Anyone who calls on the name of the Lord, will be saved. It's as simple as ABC. Accept Jesus into your heart, believe in Jesus, confess that you're a sinner, and you're on the way to heaven. Repent, says, repent. That's turn away. After you've confessed your sin, you stop sinning. You turn away from sin, you repent. Stop living that way altogether. Start reading your Bible, pray, and take a small step a small group class for new believers. 
we have that in our church as well. And that is, that is on the, around the clock or uh, every week, always. We always have a place where you can go. So let us know if you want something like that. The very moment you take this step, you have peace with God. You're born again. As you pray, read your Bible, attend church, and Bible studies, your faith will grow. And you will experience the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Amen? This old song describes the peace that Jesus gives. It's entitled, It Is Well With My Soul. It says, goes like this. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea bellows roll, whatever my lot, you have taught me to say, it is well. It is well with my soul. Though Satan should buffet and trials should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ has regarded my helpless estate and has shed his own blood for my soul. The last verse says, My sin, oh the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but in whole. All my sin, amen, is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. Do you need Jesus as your Savior this morning? Why don't you on this first Sunday of 2018 make a dedication to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm going to follow you. This is the day. I'm going to make it right with you today. From now on, I'm going to be a child of God. I'm going to be led by you. Come forward, and I'll pray with you. And if you have any other needs, you need prayer for healing, whatever you need, God is there. You know that you can't have. There's not a need in this room right now that Jesus can't meet. He cares about what you're caring about today. Let the Holy Spirit minister that into your heart. As our worship team leads us in worship, you come, and we'll pray with you together. Amen? Lord bless you. You have been listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. We hope that you've been blessed by this teaching from Cold Lake Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect.